Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. This is the good stuff. Yeah. It's the Laugh Podcast. We're your hosts. Over there is Mr. Two Frames. Howdy. I'm the L Train. It's our winter preview show. Fall and winter preview for 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. These are the movies that we're most anticipating seeing for the rest of the year. They will comprise most of the shows that we have left on the podcast for 2015 and moving into 2016. So I'm afraid some of these movies we might not be able to see right away. One of them, in fact, is a movie that we share in terms of our level of anticipation. Mm -hmm. So the list is basically going to be called the Hateful Eight Memorial List. Uh, in honor of Quentin Tarantino's movie, Hateful Eight. Which we are both eagerly anticipating. Hopefully we'll get to see it before uh, the calendar year. They call him the hangman. When the handbill says dead or alive, the rest of us just shoot you in the back and up on top of perch somewhere and bring you in dead over a saddle. But when John Roof, the hangman, catches you, you hang. Get in, boys! This here is Daisy Domergue. She's wanted dead or alive for murder. When that sun comes out, I'm taking this woman to hang. Is there anybody here committed to stopping me from doing that? Well, well, well. Looks like Minnie's haberdashery is about to get cozy for the next few days. Yes, it does. It's Quentin Tarantino's eighth film, starring Kurt Russell and a host of others, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Christoph Waltz. Who's the girl in it? This is, I think, her first time working with Quentin Tarantino, and this is only his second Western movie behind uh, Django Unchained, which came out a couple years ago. uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh's the actress. Uh, Yeah, I like her. Um, I don't think he's ever been in a Tarantino movie, though. I don't believe so. He says that in order to be considered a Western director, you have to do three Western films. So this is maybe the second movie in his cycle because he wants to be considered a Western director. So I'm really looking forward to this movie. I think you are too, right? Yeah, this is probably my most anticipated film. Could very well be my favorite film of the year. Ooh, you're preloading your favorite film. It's Tarantino. I I enjoy me some Tarantino. There are a couple of good films out there, though. A couple of good contenders that are coming out. And Mm -hmm. uh, we're starting on the upswing towards that awards season. And uh, we're looking forward to a movie. I think I got some movies on here that are coming out next week Mm -hmm. uh, or this week. Um, So my list comprises five movies that I really want to see. But I also have three movies out here that... I'm not going to talk too much about, but I think I ought to mention them just because we might be talking about them on the show in the future. So this is my list of eight movies. Okay, so these are some of the ones that didn't quite make the top five, but are right. worth mentioning that they're coming out, and these are, we think, are worth your time. To yeah, and level of anticipation, I've ranked the movies, excluding Hateful Eight, and I'm left with these eight movies. So my number eight movie is Pong Sacrifice, which is coming out September 18th, but I don't know if we'll be able to see it right away we'll probably be able to see it on some sort of streaming mm-hmm. um and it's this uh, the story of bobby fisher played by toby mcguire another movie is the keeping room a couple of weeks ago we did our modern movie westerns and this one is another 
maybe Civil War Western movie. It's got Haley Stanfield in it. And it's basically a movie that's fitting into my theme of the year, which involves female actors or female heroines, which is going to be an interesting thing when we look at the Laffy Award show, which is coming up uh, towards the end of the year. And then my sixth top-rated film, before I get into my major list, is In the Heart of the Sea, which is coming out December 11th. And it's the story of the Essex, mm-hmm. a whaling ship that provides the backstory for a lot of the events that happen in Moby Dick. Yeah, it's the sinking of the Essex. It was sunk by the whale Mocha Dick. Um, yeah, his, his uh, older brother. Uh, and uh, Ron Howard's take on this, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's got uh, the guy from 21 Jump Street in it. Chayden Tanning, is that right? Uh, Chris Helmsworth. Chayden Tanning. <laughs> Channing Tatum. I don't know if Tatum's no, in. He's not even in it. Chatham, Tanning, Hel- Helmsworth is. Helmsworth, Chris Helmsworth. Is. All right. So those are my bottom uh, three of my Grateful mm-hmm. Eight list. Um, so we're we're at even now. Unless you have three movies there at the bottom. No, I mean, I, you just have a top five. I mean, list. yeah. I mean, we have films that didn't make ours. Uh, we're not doing Spectre, the B- James Bond film that comes out in November, or Good Dinosaur, the Pixar Disney film. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even crack our lists. But they might be something that we talk about. I would think. We'll, it will at least give them consideration on the We Laugh. Well, all right. So, uh, you want to start us off with your number five? Oh, sure. Number five for me is coming out December 15th. It's a movie that um, people have probably had some experience with, or they at least have some understanding of it um, in general terms, because it's one of Shakespeare's four major tragedies. This is Macbeth, uh, directed by Jason Kurzel, and uh, screenwritten by Jacob Koskoff, who, uh, let's see, Michael Leslie, and uh, Todd Luoso. But there's also a, a credit, a writing credit that goes to Shakespeare. <laughs> so I should mention that. Because who do you think is the most um, widely credited author on IMDb? Really? Who has the most credits? On IMDb. Poe. No, Poe's up there, but William Shakespeare has okay. much more. He's right. got twice as much as Poe. Right. So it's a good guess. Um, I thought you were trying to trick me and saying Shakespeare and be like, no. No, Poe is actually uh, fifth on the list. Right. Surprisingly, Anton Chekhov is yeah. the second, because I guess there are a lot of foreign films based on some of his writing. And then your fave, Charles Dickens. Dickens. Or one of your faves. Yeah. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> sorry, this is the movie of about Macbeth, the Duke of Scotland, who receives a prophecy from Trio of Witches that one day he will become king of England, or king of Scotland. Boil, boil, toil, and trouble. And he brings this information to his wife, Lady Macbeth, and she sort of spurs him into action to, to, to murder the king and take the throne for himself. It's a very bloody movie, uh, I suppose. I haven't seen it, obviously. This is the new version of it, but... Um, one of my favorite uh, Orson Welles movies is his take on Macbeth, where he plays Macbeth, and I think uh, Roman Polanski did a version of it as well. So Back in the supposedly one yeah. of the most blo- or one of the bloodiest movies of all time. Um, this movie in particular stars uh, Michael Fassbender, who we last saw in Slow West. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of my favorite actors, so it's another reason I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and Marion Cotillard. We last saw or talked about a little bit in two days, one night. You know, she's going to be in Assassin's Creed. With Fazbender? Yeah. I like it. I yeah. like it. 
Mayor Allen Cotillard. I like Fazbender. I'm worried that Fazbender won't be able to win Best Actor this year because he's in too many movies and he's too good in too many. He'll split the vote. Okay, so you're saying that's not Assassin's Creed, though. Your argument no. is not based on that. You're saying Slow West, he gets an acting? Slow West? Really? Um, he's that's pretty good in that. marginal film. He might get nominated. I think Macbeth huh. he could get nominated for, and he's also in Steve Jobs, playing Steve Jobs. Uh, I forgot about Steve Jobs. Well, that's, so, that's not even close to the top of my list in terms of anticipation. But, I mean, though. those are three real strong acting performances, or at least, I mean, that's what it appears right now. Right. It'll be interesting to see whether or not he can handle um, Shakespeare on film. A lot of times the actor is not up to the task. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Marion Cotillard's a French actress, so English is not her first language. I have a feeling that she's going to be nominated here for this movie as well. I mean, it looks good stylistically. Uh, some of the action and the the production design that I've seen lead me to believe that this is going to be um, a really good movie, a really intri- intriguing movie to watch. Uh, I think the last time there was a popular Shakespeare movie was way back in 1990 with uh, Mel Gibson and Glenn Close. So we'll see if whether or not Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard are up to the task Fair enough. of taking on Macbeth. So that's my fifth highly anticipated movie. All right. Uh, fifth for me is going to be Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. This comes out November 20th. This is the fourth movie in the three-book series. In the trilogy? Yeah. Um, fourth movie in the trilogy. Fourth movie in the trilogy. Uh, this is uh, supposed to be more action-packed than the previous Mockingjay movie, so... Okay. The the, the the last one was very much a political thriller, trying you okay. know going over the politics of this uprising. Katniss has to lead the rebellion, and now they're going to the capital, and you know they're, uh, they're going to overthrow the leaders by any means necessary. Philip Seymour Hoffman in this. Philip Seymour Hoffman is um, supposedly. I mean, he already filmed some scenes, but mm-hmm. they're also doing some digital double stuff, and it's really hard to find information about. It. No one wants to talk about it. Some people say I'm a physical double for him, not in the <laughs> looks department. But if they needed someone to walk across the, I, I could, I could do some of the distance shots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they no, can my, call me up if they need to. My understanding is they've added a fair amount of Philip Seymour Hoffman that they had to do digital doubles and stuff, huh. stand-ins. Okay. Um, uh, Francis Lawrence comes back for the third time. He did Catching Fire. He did the previous Mockingjay movie. So He, he didn't do the first one. He didn't do the first one. Wow. But they brought him in. He, he's not a bad director. I, oh. Generally, I like his trailers, and then I don't <laughs> like the movie a whole lot, and that's what's happened to me the last two uh, Hunger Games movies. He, uh, previously, he had directed Constantine and I Am Legend, he and I like the, the trailers for those two. He directs the best trailers I've ever seen. Uh, I will be going to watch this with my wife. Uh, you We've didn't watched. like the trailer for uh, for one of the, the Hunger Games movies, or you, you didn't like some shot in it. There was one thing I remember we talked about last year, previous to the movie coming out, where you said, "Oh, I'm, uh, I'm kind of upset about this because." Oh, I got upset about the physics of the of the arrow. Okay, yeah. where they show Katniss shooting like a helicopter plane thing out of the air. It's not and, having the same. And the problem. arrow flies way too fast and it's you know it's flying straight up in the air but then somehow it also dips back down and starts falling all within like half a second and the physics bothered me don't have the same problems with it and what you think i mean coming forward into this movie yeah no i mean i mean i'll spend all your disbelief i'll probably still nitpick on something i I think earlier we were 
we were talking about Southpaw, and I was getting upset about the blocking styles that Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal used. He can't use the Philly shell. He's never right. trained to use the Philly shell. So I realize I get caught up in the minutia uh, quite often, but I'm looking forward to the end of this. I also think they're going to have to change the ending from the books. Okay. And I'm interested to see how they you handle read the books? it. Mm-hmm. I did read the books. I didn't really like the last two books. And that's yeah. led me not to want to watch this movie much. Where does it... Um... The the last book has kind of a disappointing ending. And there's a lot of needless suffering, maybe, is the way to say it without spoiling the ending. Okay. So I'm interested to see how they deal with that. And that's coming out November 20th. All right. Excellent. So we're up to number four here. I just We got a, some feedback from Smashly. 14 on twitter oh. but basically the feed was, feedback was she favorited a tweet oh. so there's not much to say there but thanks smashly 14 for uh, <laughs> we appreciate keeping up it. with us on twitter <laughs> we do appreciate it um my fourth film this in a lot of years would be my top rated film in terms of anticipation i'm really enthusiastic about this film wanting to see this movie it's uh the story of identical twin gangsters Reggie and Ronnie Cray, two of the most notorious criminals in British history. And it's the, about their organized crime empire in the East End of London during the 1960s. It's called Legend. London in the 1960s. Everyone had a story about the Crays. They were twins. Do you think we look alike? <laughs> Reggie was a gangster prince of the East End. Ron Cray was a one-man mob. Your brother is a violent, paranoid schizophrenic. What I'm trying to tell you is that he's off his rocker. Well, no, 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 no. It was time for the craze to enter gangster legend. Now, don't confuse it with Tom Cruise's movie <laughs> from 1994, maybe? Or 84. 80s, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Brian uh, Helgeland's written and directed uh, movie based on a John Pearson book. And it stars Tom Hardy as Ronald and Reggie Cray. So he's playing both roles. Now, Heglin met with Tom Hardy before the movie. Wanted to cast him as Ronnie against Fazbender playing Reggie. And they were supposed to be playing twins. And when Hardy got to, or an actor like Fazbender, Mm -hmm. when Hardy got to the meeting, he behaved like Reggie. He started affecting certain characteristics Mm -hmm. that he thought would be interesting for Reggie. He knew that the uh, director wanted him for Ronnie, but he acted like Reggie. And then he said, listen, at the end of the meeting, he said, if you give me Reggie, I'll give you Ronnie. <laughs> and sort of convinced him that this would be a good choice for him to make. And I think I kind of like that about Tom Hardy in terms of uh, stretching himself as an actor a little bit. But the Heglin at first didn't want to do it. I mean, technically, it's a huge challenge. He wasn't worried about the technicality. He was worried about that becoming the story about the movie because that then you get so much uh, publicity for it and it either works or it doesn't. But then it, it the movie, you, you kind of lose yourself or you lose some part of the movie enthusiasm for the movie based on the technical aspects surrounding it. I don't think I've ever seen a bad movie with doubles. Yeah, but how many have you seen? Multiplicity. Michael Keaton, awesome. Uh, Jeremy Irons and Dead Ringers. Okay, I haven't seen that. I don't think I saw Multiplicity either. They didn't play it up in the social network. Mm-hmm. They didn't even mention the fact that it was one guy playing two actors, or two roles, one actor playing two roles. So 
uh, it'll be interesting to see whether or not this can avoid being a gimmick or just behaving as a gimmick. So for you, Summer of Tom rolls on into the, summer the, winter. Into the winter. Yeah, this he's got uh, another big movie that I'm interested in seeing later on. Um, he'll be starring in. So Sounds looking good. forward to this coming out October 2nd. And uh, it's also got Taron Edgerton in it, or Taron. He was the kid in The Kingsman. Oh, okay. So just looks like there's going to be some good action in it. Emily Browning plays Frances Cray. She was Baby Doll in Sucker Punch. I know that's a movie that you liked. I'm a big fan of Sucker Punch. So, And she's in a new movie coming out where she wants to kill Elvis Presley. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's based on a true story. Just the tagline alone sells yeah. me on the film. All right. Um, for me, uh, I think my number four is going to be The Walk. Mm. This is um, the true story of Philippe Petit's mm -hmm. attempt to cross the Twin Towers mm -hmm. back in uh, 1974. A couple of years ago, there was a documentary, Man on a Wire, that came out and won Best Documentary at the Academy Awards. That was about 10 years ago. Yeah. Man on Wire. Man on Wire, yeah. And it, it, it seems like, well, there's not that much of a movie to do. You know, there's not a whole lot of story. But the way that they set up this crime, because, I mean, they had the, Philippe, Philippe Petit got arrested for doing this. You're mm -hmm. not allowed to go and wire walk between buildings, apparently. It's, like, dangerous or something. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But they had to smuggle in all this cable, um, a bow and arrow, so that they could, right. you know, stretch a, a line across at first to then pull the wire. Right. It, it, it's a, it's almost like a heist movie mm -hmm. going through this. This is also going to be shown on IMAX screens. Uh, the trailer is awesome. Yeah, the trailer. Where you scale up this building and you just you get a sense of the height. The trailer made me scared. The trailer made made me worried to see the movie. I had a sense of vertigo at the top of it. Now, who isn't? Is it Zemeckis? Yeah, Zemeckis. Uh, Robert Zemeckis is directing this, and he's always been on the technical cutting edge mm -hmm. of filmmaking. Uh, he's pioneered a lot of like three D stuff. Yeah, and I think he filmed 3D? a lot of this in I'm in with IMAX cameras. I'm not sure if it's going to be in 3D. I haven't been able to read that. Originally, this was supposed to come out at Christmas time, mm -hmm. but Star Wars has rented all the IMAX screens hmm. for the entire month of December, apparently. Wow. So they had to move this film up. So hopefully we can do this, but apparently someone's a little afraid of heights. Uh, yeah. yeah, it kind of scares me. <laughs> the idea of it, I just King Kong, that movie King Kong that came uh -huh. out, the remake, when he scales the Empire State Building and he looks over the edge, it I felt it in my gut i mean i have a i had a physical reaction to it which i'm not averse to because mm -hmm. i'm not scared in the sense that oh my god now i'm going to fall out of this movie theater i just don't know if i want to have that experience again i've had it in real life so uh, it's intriguing as a personal experiment maybe so i'm torn we'll see uh, see what happens when's it coming out this comes out um on september 30th for imax and in wide release on october 9th jo joseph gordon levitt is starring as philippe petit he takes a step out in the trailer he takes a step out onto the wire and he stumbles a little bit and i was like uh, uh <laughs> i kind of felt it uh i can kind of feel it now Smashly B is a big fan of Impractical Jokers. Did she you is. happen to watch their live punishment where they tightrope walk on five stories? It came out last week. No, they they had to go tightrope yep. walk. Did they fall? Oh, I'll leave that to you to see. I don't want to spoil it for you. I've walked on a tightrope before. Five stories in the air? About a foot. <laughs> yeah, I fell off a two-story ladder. The first run. 
I mean, but it was an actual wire. It, what's surprising is they're a lot wider than you would think. Oh, it, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's a little bad the higher up that you. Yeah, get, I mean, but... I was a foot and I still fell off, but. I think in this in it's the movie The Walk that he took, the Philip Petit was up there for a good hour. Yeah, apparently he went back and forth. The cops were waiting for him. <laughs> right. He was teasing them on either side. So, yeah, it could be a really good experience, a good movie experience. Well, if you're saying you're going to get scared at this, I'm not scared. Like I'll feel it physically. It'll make me not then, scared. Then I word. really want to see this now <laughs> with you. We have to do it as a show. Like I have a physical experience in movies. When I'm when there's people sitting next to me, like too close to me, mm-hmm. or people have uh, too much perfume on, I'll have the same sort of experience that I'm discussing here. Like, but I, obviously, I know I'm not going to hurt myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> or though I might, I might fall down. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We'll see. All right, so that's my number four. What's your number three? My number three movie. There's been a whole lot talked about this movie. I don't have a whole much more to say to add to it. I haven't paid any attention to the marketing surrounding it. Uh-huh. Sometimes it kind of filters into me uh, by accident because there's so many click through things that happen on the internet. If you want to be on the internet, it's going to be kind of hard for you to avoid hearing or seeing anything about this movie that's coming out December 18th, star Wars, yeah. the rise of the empire or something like that. I can't, I don't know. There's, there's a, there's a, a culminated, Oh, there you go. That's the cold. It's it's an it's an anticipated movie for you, for me so much so that I don't even know the uh, subtitle. <laughs> there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? that there will be some things that you enjoy in it because I know that we're going to see it even though you're uh, you're kind of yeah, hating I, the prospect of it because you're I've got to do it for the good of the podcast but uh, but I have to ask you this who is your who's the most compelling for you current working actor you've mentioned his name to me before most compelling working actor yeah the, a young actor in his 30s that you would go see any movie that oh he was Oscar in. Isaac He's in Star Wars. Yeah. And yeah. I know that you like Donald Gleason. Yeah. No. I know you like Harrison Ford. I, I agree. You've every movie I've seen with you that has Adam Driver in it, you've liked. You're a big fan of Simon Pegg. Yeah. You're a fan of Simon Pegg. Yeah, he's all right. All right. Yeah, no, I, I, you've mentioned you like Andy Circus. Yeah, he does decent work. I just I'm not really a fan of Star Wars, though I will say the character I'm looking forward to the most is uh BB-8. The the droid? Yeah, the droid with the head, uh-huh. you know, the rolling ball. Mm-hmm. And they've just released a toy of him. Okay. You can drive it around and with the your head stays fan. on. T- yeah. Yeah. The, the Sphero BB-8. Yeah. It's $150. You're thinking about getting it. And well, it, it, it to your collection. Fun. I'd rather know someone who buys it so I can go and play with it for half an hour. Tom. Tom will have it. Yeah, I just want to play with it for a little while. 
uh, friend of the show, Tom W., uh. is big into the, I mean, on his Facebook page, all he talks about is how disappointed he is that the current batch of, the new batch of Star Wars action figures only have five points of articulation. <laughs> well, apparently they all sold out right away. Yeah, but they're upset. Oh, there's a big controversy in, in the geek universe. I'm sure that will be rectified on the next collector set of action figures. Yeah. My, my most anticipated character is Captain Phasma, played by Gwendolyn Christie. Okay. She is uh, Brienne of Tarth in um, Game of Thrones stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, I like her. I'm telling you, man, there's, there's a lot of good people that are associated or connected to this movie. How much... Will this kill Star Wars if it's not a good movie? If this ends up being Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? I think that the zeitgeist is so built up for it that it it can't it it cannot fail in that sense. Like it's going to be be big. The question will be whether or not people will go and see it four, five, six, seven, eight times in the theater. Some people will go see that, but there is a margin of people that might go see it that they're they're trying to target the second audience well and they want and, people to watch this and think this is the greatest star wars movie ever made right? yeah you're right because the last three everyone's gone all right these are the worst three star wars well i think that made. they want people to regain the the magic of the of the of the first set the first trilogy mm-hmm. the first trilogy actually empire strikes back is one of the best movies of all time it is. It's just in terms of an action movie, a science fiction movie, most people would agree, not you perhaps, most people would agree that, that The Empire Strikes Back is among the best movies of all time. And it's not an uncommon uh, criticism of that kind of movie. Now, others would say, and so probably some of the same critics would say that the tr- preceding trilogy is among the worst movies of all time, or those movies are among the worst movies of all time. But we're going to have a whole brand new batch of fanboys mm-hmm. that a whole brand new generation of fanboys that are going to love this movie. Yeah, we're going I, to have all the people my age who are going to love the movie because they saw it when, like, we saw the movie when we were kids. And, and then you've got they, people my age who, yeah, who saw the, 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 the special edition came out when I was in middle school. And then, yeah, the uh, prequels came out right when I was finishing up high school and in college. So, uh, oh, yeah, these are going to do well. The thing that I really don't like about Star Wars is we're going to get a Star Wars movie a year for the coming five to ten years. People can say the same thing uh, about Avengers. Uh, I know, I just... And you don't the, seem the to have lost that, any enthusiasm for Avengers. No, but so. the thought that every year I'm going to have to do a laugh podcast on the latest Star Wars film. Maybe, maybe not, because if this movie bombs, I'm not going to defend it. If it's a piece of crap, you're going to get my honest opinion on that. Yeah, but the next one, like the, it's Road Squadron, and it's a heist film. I like that. I mean, I like the concept of it. I, I know. So I know all of 2016. I'm going to be hearing eh, bull eh, Road Squadron. I haven't been uh, beating down the doors of of Star Wars. I haven't no, been pounding Star Wars been, down your throat. Like, I mean, I like the fact that Lawrence Kasdan is the screenplay is writing the screenplay for this. I will give it a shot. His last movie was Darling Companion. <laughs> It's about a woman who loves her dog much more than she loves her husband. And then the husband loses the dog. (laughs) He also wrote Silverado, The Raiders of the Lost Ark. This guy's a good screenwriter, man. So anyway, I've already talked way too much about Star Wars. I don't really, I'm not really (laughs) anticipatory of that movie. All right. Spent a good half of the damn podcast on Star Wars. So moving on. 
All right, my number three is Trumbo, which comes out November 6th. Okay. Uh, this is a uh, biopic of Dalton Trumbo. Dalton Trumbo. Yeah, uh, my dog is named after this yes, guy. Dalton has been on the show. Yeah, um, though some people I say Dalton is named after uh, the Patrick Swayze character in Roadhouse. But some, that's people, that, some people being you. No, I, I tell other people. You tell people... Depending on the Depending context. On the, yeah. on the well, there's some people when, when they go, oh, Dalton, that's a nice name. Who's he named after? And if I say, oh, a screenplay a writer from the 1950s who was communist. blackballed by yeah Hollywood for being communist. Yeah, they don't really like that. <laughs> um, but he, was, he went to communist um, meetings. I don't think he was actually a communist. The big problem was he refused to uh, answer questions when he was called before Congress. He was part of the McCarthy investigations. Wouldn't name names. Yeah, and he's like, this is ridiculous. We're in America. We have free speech. Who cares if we're having a meeting? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- where are we so scared of? Uh, this is going to star Brian Cranston as Dalton Trumbo. Uh, also has Ella Fanning, Diane Lane, Helen Miriam, John Goodman, Louis C.K.'s in this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the casting looks amazing. I love our country, and it's a good government, but... Anything could be better. You talk like a radical, but you live like a rich guy. It's a perfect combination. The radical may fight the purity of Jesus, but the rich guy wins with the cunning of Satan. Your next deal is going to make you the highest paid writer in Hollywood. Where do I sign? Are you not, or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Many questions can be answered yes or no only by a moron or a slave. No studio will ever employ a member of the Communist Party. Decent Americans feel that Hollywood is just a haven for overpaid traitors. I'm going to really enjoy this film. I love film history. I love this time period in Hollywood. Um, I love just Dalton Trumbo's whole history about how he had to write under pen names, that he was blackballed by Hollywood, but they still came to him and said, we need screenplays. Uh, I think he won an Academy Award for Roman Holiday. And he wasn't actually presented with it. Yeah. For years and years. And it wasn't until Kirk Douglas wanted to do Spartacus that he said, you know, screw this. You're going to have your name on this movie. And Kirk Douglas was such a bit star mm-hmm. that it pretty much ended the whole um, communist stuff. In for Hollywood. him, at least. Yeah. It, it, it led to a crumbling of the system. Um, so Kirk Douglas is another guy that I have a, a lot of respect for. Th- I'm not sure. Black Mass acts as a biopic mm-hmm. this may be the only other biopic a uh, danish girl oh yeah yeah but in terms of like i don't even know who the who the danish girl is based on uh, the first man who underwent gender reassignment surgery right but i, I think he was danish yeah but everybody's heard of stephen hawking everybody's yeah, yeah. heard of martin luther king jr so in you know even alan turing had mm-hmm. for all these guys were on the docket last year for best actors and yeah the only know, other biopic is uh, steve jobs with michael fassbender uh, okay i forgot about that so, so but you're right it, this is definitely an off year for biopics but i'm really looking forward to trombo i wouldn't be surprised if someone ends up getting um a best supporting actor or actress out of this movie okay i don't think i don't think Brian nomination Cranston's, or award yeah, you know, i think they're going, going, to going to win why what do you, just, you, don't even know, there, you can't even name them there's a uh john goodman or louis ck i could see getting nominated and winning okay I think John Goodman is fantastic in this from the bits I've seen. Okay. All right. So you've seen trailers and you're yeah. basing it on something. Yeah. John right. Goodman's in fine form. So right. Dalton Trumbo, November 6th. 
It's going to be hard for him to beat John Boyega from Star Wars. We're going to try and bring my dog to this so he can learn of his lineage. <laughs> bring him in there as like a security dog. Yeah, pay attention, Dalton. This is important. Strap one of those uh, little vests around him and say it's it's one of my I wonder if he emotional... would like start barking at the screen whenever they say, hey, Dalton, in the movie. It's my emotional support dog. I have to see this very bad movie about communists. I need a lot of emotional support. All right. Trumbo. When did you say it's coming out? November 6th. Yeah. And okay. it's going to be awesome. It's a drama. It's a biopic. And it's right. from the guy who did Austin Powers, Jay Roach. <laughs> Another biopic. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right. So there you go. Number two for me is another biopic of sorts. <laughs> I suppose. It's the true story of Whitey Bulger. Ah. There is so much that you could talk about with this guy. He spent time in Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. And, like his youth, he was in Alcatraz. And this is where he like kind of learned to be a, uh, a mobster. It's where he got his street. He signs his letters with his Alcatraz number. A seven one four eight or whatever it is. The story surrounding him, though, is that he was a, an informant for the FBI, which he tries to deny. There's public records that support that he was, uh, and there's people, there's FBI agents who are actually in jail mm-hmm. for uh, having him as an informant or, or actually giving him carte blanche to behave as a gangster in the 1970s and 80s in Boston. In South Boston. His brother, mm-hmm. Whitey Bulger's brother, was the uh, president of the House of Representatives in wow. the state of Massachusetts. The family is a political yeah. uh, family, and it's also, a, um, I mean, he's one of the most notorious um, gangsters of all time. He was on the lam for 16 years. During that time period, he was the second most wanted man in the FBI's uh, most wanted list. Number one, Bin Laden. Huh. Yeah, so there is a whole lot that you could do with this guy. And Scott Cooper's decided to take on the task of trying to put together a movie about him. I'm interested to see where they go with it. In the beginning, Jim was a small town player. He's a very smart, disciplined man. Take your shot, but make it your best. Because I get up, I eat you. And the next thing you know, he's a damn kingpin. You know why? Because the FBI let it happen. I grew up with Jimmy and his brother Billy, the senator. And that is a bond that doesn't get broken. Your brother is wading into some very dark waters. Jimmy's business is Jimmy's business. We all need friends. Even Jimmy. Even you. I can help you, Jimmy. And you can help me. Stars Johnny Depp. Uh, we talked about it last week. Benedict Cumberbatch is in this. Uh, Dakota Johnson, Joel Edgerton, Kevin Bacon's in it. All these guys that we've seen in movies and that we've talked about on the show. Yeah, Corey Stoll. Uh, there are lots. Um, I know you really like these mob movies. Uh, two years ago, you had The Iceman up there, which oh, yeah. was about the, was um, the mob list. killer uh, Richard Kutlinski. Mm-hmm. And you really enjoyed that. This movie, uh, Black Mass, reminds me a lot of Iceman from the trailers. Yeah. That guy was a low-level mm-hmm. serial killer, but he was also like an like an enforcer for the mob. This guy was the king of the mob. Did you see the movie The Departed? Mm-hmm. The character played by uh, Jack Nicholson was supposedly based on Whitey Bulger. I think Johnny Depp will at least be nominated for Best Actor. He may win for this, depending on how well he can channel the evil of this character, of this guy. Wow, you're you're saying he may win. 
Which is surprising because I know what your number one pick is, and you've also claimed that that actor is going to win. Oh, really? Uh, maybe I might have to. <laughs> I think you're hedging your bets a little there. I might have to, he- I might have to hedge my bets there. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> He'll be nominated. <laughs> Everyone wins. On the I, Lusk Academy pick, Awards. If I, Everyone If wins. I pick four or five winners, they'll win. <laughs> we'll have to put down all of my predictions. Hold it. Point. <laughs> We'll do that soon. Uh, I like the director of this, Scott Cooper. The last movie he did was Out of the Furnace, which was also a, a movie that was on my list that year. Mm-hmm. I think it was not highly regarded by most critics. And I'm not really a critic. I just like that kind of gritty feel. Um, my number two is kind of a follow-up to that. Which is much like Johnny Depp has had his three acts of fame, so has Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Right, he had his you know uh, surfer dude persona, and then he blew back up with the Matrix a couple years later and was popular. And now he's in his third act, and he is doing wonderful things. Last year, uh, John Wick was one of my most highly rated films. I haven't seen that. Wonderful film. Um, apparently, bad things happen when you go to Keanu Reeves' house. You know, John Wick they they go and they mess with his dog and steal his car, and he has to get revenge. And then on October 9th, the movie Knock Knock comes out. And Keanu Reeves plays a devoted husband in this film. And he's left, a ho- he's left home alone for the weekend. When two teenage girls, young women, unexpectedly knock at his door. And they have a night of debauchery. And then things turn bad. They seek revenge for him being a man. No. Tie him up, torture him. Turns into a deadly game of cat and mouse. Okay. This is my most highly anticipated horror film of the year. Cat and Mice. Yeah. It it looks really good. This is from director Eli Roth. He's oh. most famous for doing the Hostel films. He also has Green Inferno coming out. Yeah. Um, still not real sure when that film's coming out. They keep changing the release date on it. He's, he was the, the Jew Bear in, in Glorious Bastards. Oh, he was great. And Frowny the Clown. <laughs> oh, and Clown? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eli Roth as a horror director is very good. And there are some misses. Yeah. Yeah. There's some misses. Yeah. I feel bad saying great things about him because his movies are hard to watch. The, the two hostile films are pretty gratuitous with their violence, right? But he knows what he's doing. Torture porn. Yeah. I don't think that this is going to be as bad in the torture porn category. Uh, I think Knock Knock is going to be more dramatic. It's going to be more of a thriller. Isn't there another horror movie coming out on October 9th? Yeah, The Final Girls. Okay. Um, that didn't make my list. Right. Um, we'll talk about you it. You talked about laugh. it before, and I was wondering why this made your list above that. Is because, it because this one's Keanu rated Reeves? R. And oh, okay. <laughs> Final Girls is rated PG-13. Also, Keanu Reeves is okay. in it. And for some reason, he's just very watchable. Okay. So... I'm very excited about this. Hopefully, I can drag you to the theaters to watch a horror film. Probably not. <laughs> I, I know I'm not I don't know. dragging my wife to this. I don't know what else is coming out at that time. I mean, I, there's another... I don't know. We could make a double feature. We could watch this and Final Girls. I doubt it. I, I can't remember the last horror it movie. It follows. Yet. Probably uh, was the last horror movie I saw. You... You probably go and watch more horror movies than I do at theaters. You've watched like the yeah, but you watch more horror movies than I do. Yeah, I watch them at home. I don't even watch I where it's safe and I can curl up with my dog. <laughs> he can protect me. The Walk is a horror movie for me. I don't feel. I don't feel. I don't have emotions generally in horror movies, so I don't. I don't care what happens. It's been generally. I think they make stupid decisions. So you tell me a movie like that where uh, 
where a guy has a liaison, a sexual liaison with two teenage girls. I think he kind of deserves to have bad things happen to him. <laughs> you know what I mean? His wife leaves and goes out of town. Yeah, way to go. So, so he brings it all himself. I, I like horror movies that are realistic. You know, I don't want to watch zombies or zombies are okay. Right. Uh, v- vampires, <laughs> you do like vampires, where eh, right. some, some zombie stuff, but right. I, I want the situations to be plausible mm-hmm. and people showing up at your door and possibly being horrible, evil people. I think that's a real possibility. All right. So that's my number two. Number one, number one, most anticipated movie of the winter and of the year. It's coming out December 25th. I don't know if this is more anticipated for me than Hateful Eight, but it's up there. And I've been talking about this movie for a while. It's called The Revenant. 1820, frontiersman Hugh Glass sets out on a path of vengeance against those who left him for dead after a bear mauling. You know I'm into bear maulings. Yeah, you, you like the bears. <laughs> it's, a, it's a genre that I'm most appreciative of. But you weren't into uh, Grizzly Mace, my uh, Amazon or my uh, Redbox pick a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I was kind of into it. This is me retroactively going so back into good. the past. And it's saying, really good. <laughs> I just want to know who the bear in it was. It looked like it was played by a reject from the Chuck E. Cheese band. Oh, so you the did watch it? Yeah, yeah I got it. it. Okay, got good. It. Way to go, man. You make a recommendation to, for other people to go watch a film, and then you watch it yourself. I appreciate that. Boom. That's, That's the way a recommendation should work. <laughs> I'm recommending everyone go see The Revenant. I hope we'll be able to see it December 25th. It's opening and limited release, probably in two theaters, just so that it can have awards consideration. It's not going wide until, like, January 4th. So January 4th, January 8th, we'll be talking about it on the uh, podcast, I'm sure. This is Alejandro Gonzalez Inurito follow-up to uh, Birdman, which won best, best Picture last year, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and it won for Cinematography. And the cinematographer in that film is going to be the cinematographer in this film, Emmanuel Lubezki. Yeah, apparently there are some one-shot scenes that are already getting awards consideration. People are already talking about these things. They filmed it all with natural light. Didn't use any artificial light in this. That's difficult to do. Anyone that knows about filmmaking would realize how bad this is. It won't win all of those Oscars, though, because it can't win for original screenplay. Mm. Because it's adapted by a book. It's an an adaptation of a book by Michael Punk, or Michael Punke. I don't really know his name. Uh, it's based on a real-life story of this guy, this frontiersman, Hugh Glass. stars Tom Hardy is in it. I think he might win a Best Supporting Actor nomination. <laughs> might win a, a nomination? <laughs> he might win a nomination. But I think that the Best Actor Award, <laughs> my, my prediction for the Best Actor Award, is going to go to Leonardo DiCaprio. This might be the one where he breaks through. Because he's starring as Hugh Glass. We last saw him in The Wolf of Wall Street. Can you believe it's been that long since he's been in a movie? He's very uh, discriminating in his picks. Yeah, yeah, because he had a big year. Wolf of Wall Street was the same year Django came out, right? I think it was the year Django After was, that? yeah, and then okay. Gatsby was the year before that. So, um, yeah, no, he does take his breaks. I think he should have won for Django as a supporting actor. I think he'll win as best actor here. That's just my prediction he based will, on nothing. Either he will win, or you've said Johnny Depp or will win Johnny for Depp Black, win. Black Mass, or Fazbender will win for Macbeth. Yeah, Did you have a fourth one. Right. Uh, Dalton Trumbo. Oh, uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. <laughs> Dalton Trumbo. And then you got Eddie Redmayne. Oh, for Danish Girl? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's your Those five. are my predictions. All right. I like it. This movie also stars uh, Donald Gleason. He was in Ex Machina. He's the kid in Ex Machina. 
like him as an actor too. So really looking forward to seeing how this movie looks. I haven't seen any of the trailers. Oh, you haven't watched the trailer? I'm not yet? going to. I don't oh. like spoilers. Well, then I got to tell you something. No. <laughs> no, 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 I won't. No, the, the trailer does look very good. It's my number one top movie of 2015, and it was my top movie of 2015 at the beginning of the year. So Nice. It's held through. All right. What's your number one, Mr. Two Frames? My number one is The Martian. Oh, yeah. It's coming out soon. Yeah, this comes out October 2nd. stars Matt Damon, Jessica Chastain, Kristen Wiig, Kate Mara, Sean Bean, uh, Jeff Daniels. This is uh, based on the book by Andy Weir. Uh, Andy Weir self-published this on his blog. Yeah, I was thinking it was on the internet, right? Yeah, and then um, some people were like, oh, this is kind of hard to read. Can you like put it so that I can download it on my Kindle? So we put it up, and he had to charge something for it. Apparently, Amazon wouldn't let you charge nothing. So he originally charged like 99 cents, and it shot up the list. And it's a, now a best-selling uh, novel. It's science fiction. It's about a guy who gets stranded on Mars. We send an expedition to Mars. Um, some bad stuff happens, and we think one of the astronauts is killed. All the mm. other ones escape. It turns out he's not dead. And now he has to try and survive. Wow. Inside a shelter that was only designed to last for like 30 days. And he figures he's got to last like four years. I guarantee you that at some point, everything's going to go south on you. Ready? And you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Commander, Mark is dead. We have to go. Now you can either accept that or you can get to work. This will come as quite a shock to my crewmates and to NASA and to the entire world. But I'm still alive. Surprise. Here's the rub. It's going to be four years for another mission to reach me. And I'm going to have designed the last 31 days. So I got to make water and grow food on a planet where nothing grows. But if I can't figure out a way to make contact with NASA, then none of this matters anyway. We've got an incoming message. My God. <laughs> Mark Watney is still alive. Woo! In your face, Neil Armstrong. It's like Mythbusters meets Apollo 13. Okay. And one of the things I really like is just this breakdown of problems and how do you solve them. And a lot of times it's, all right, well, I'm going to die in 200 days because of some other problem. But... That's for another day. I will worry about that later. I'm going to deal with the immediate concerns. So it's uh, circa 2015, 2016. It's not set it, it's 50 set, years in the future. It's or set maybe somewhere it in the future. Apparently, the guy, Andy Weir, he figured out the orbit of where Mars would need to be mm -hmm. for us to you know, send a plane there. And then uh, there's a plot point that involves Thanksgiving. So he had to figure out, well, if he was here on day 100 and it was Thanksgiving, then he would have had to leave here. And in what year would we have been there? So there is an actual date for this movie. But there's no invented technology like the obelisk robots in Interstellar. No. That's what I'm saying. I'm guessing. Pretty much everything is, is you're capable of doing right now. The only thing that he took a little bit of license with was the spacesuits that a guy could get in and out of their spacesuit by himself. Okay. And some of the dexterity that he has in his hands, because you're wearing giant padded gloves when mm -hmm. you're in a spacesuit, so the dexterity is a little bit more. 
But Andy Weir argues that if we sent people to Mars, we would spend time to improve the spacesuits. What do you think? You think the the human beings are going to go to Mars? Interstellar? No. No, um, I've just finished reading a book called Seven Eves mm-hmm. um, uh, by Neil Stevenson, where the moon blows up. That's the first sentence of the book, mm-hmm. so there's no spoilers. But basically, we end up having to leave Earth. And the problem is, when you leave Earth, you have to bring Earth with you. Right. And just space travel just seems way too difficult. So maybe we could get to Mars, but mm-hmm. I don't think we set up long-term colonies there. People wouldn't have thought that we could fly. I don't know. And there are people who are alive now, well, maybe not that many, but there are some people not too long ago who came up in a world where there were no planes. Yeah, I think, what is it, the time from the first plane flight to us landing on the moon is shorter than the time period from the moon to now. Yeah. So So we haven't advanced that much. (laughs) No, I'm finding all this space stuff to just be fascinating. Uh, A couple years ago, Gravity was my number one film. Right. And... Now, after reading The Martian, very excited about this film. So you're uh, all into 70s. the space stuff, and I'm all into gangster crime, <laughs> true crime stuff. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, for whatever yeah. reason, it, I just like that we're trying to stretch our boundaries and stretching what's possible instead of trying to create a faster phone, you know, or a bigger a bigger phone and then a smaller tablet. And we're doing that, too. Yeah, that technology doesn't appeal to me. I'm not sure why we're spending so much time on that. I think space exploration is pretty interesting. Because there's no real commercial application to uh, to space exploration, whereas there is to having a cell phone. Yeah. I mean, the, the capitalist argument. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I've heard astronauts make the argument that for generations, man has sent its best and brightest out to explore. It's been, you know, mostly exploring Earth, but now space is the next place. And why aren't we sending our best and our brightest out there? Why aren't we trying to expand our borders? Hmm. All right. So so that's your most anticipated movie. You don't have long to wait. Yeah. No. I don't have very long. I have a long time to wait for mine. But I don't have a long time to wait for Black Mass. No. Uh, no, it's I mean, there's, next there's stuff pretty much every month that I think we're looking forward to. Well, I guess Laugh 80 mm-hmm. will be our review of Black Mass. Oh, this is Laugh 80. This is so Laugh 82 should be our review of Black Mass. Yeah, it's coming out September 18th. So, yeah, looking okay. forward to uh, talking to you guys about that in the future. And if it's not that, I'm sure it'll be something else. Yeah, we'll be doing We would like some feedback from you people on your lists. If yeah. you want to give it to us, Smashly14, if you're out there, yeah, tweet it out to us. Or Kern Smith. Tweet us at the Laugh Podcast. You can email us at the Laugh Podcast at gmail.com or we're even on Facebook. Send us a message, facebook.com slash the Laugh Podcast. All right, I threw down the gauntlet to you last year, or no, a couple of, it wasn't last year as much as it was two weeks ago when I said, I'll take Star Wars. You have any three movies. Did you put any thought to that? Yeah, I did. Um, the problem is a lot of the films that I want to put up there come out on like a Wednesday like The Good Dinosaur, and you told me I can't have Wednesday and Thursday for the box office. That's what... All right, I'm willing to amend. Why not? Just in terms of having something to look forward to for the rest of the year, because I'm still (laughs) going to... All right, so Good Dinosaur could be... mm, How many films do I get? How about about this? Uh Uh-huh. First three days of opening. All right, that's fair. That way you don't get the Sunday if it opens on a Wednesday. So you have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You won't get the Saturday or the Sunday. Okay. But you'll get the opening. That's right. not going to help you much with a good dinosaur. I'll give you three films. What are they? Give me. F- uh, give you, you four. If you give me four, I think I can make this work. I think I can beat you. All right. I have Star Wars. You have I the have first the first three days of Star Wars. All right. I will take Good Dinosaur. Good 
Dinosaur. Is that your number one pick there? Yeah, sure. All right. Go with the kids' film. They normally do well. Uh, Hunger Games. Oh, shh. I forgot about that. <laughs> Is that opening on a Wednesday, too? Uh, no, I think that opens on a Friday. Oh, I forgot all about the Hunger Games. That's going to be big. Uh, Spectre, the James Bond film. Why do you need... You don't need more than that. You agreed. Yeah, but that's stupid. I'm changing my mind. <laughs> I'll get a fourth protest. What's the fourth one? I don't know. I hadn't actually picked a fourth. Right. Um, uh, How about I give you a fourth? <laughs> Danish girl. Uh, give me... Danish girl. Fine, give me the Danish girl. Wow. I think I could pick a fourth, though. That would have done really well. Yeah, it should have been Scorch Trials. Uh, that's going to make like $40 million. That's a lot. That's not bad. Yeah. I don't know. I was thinking maybe The Martian, but I don't think... I don't know what uh, that's going to do. Yeah, I don't know. Is that open on Wednesday? No. Yeah, it's hard to judge that one. Yeah, I probably would have taken The Martian as my fourth. Really? Yeah. Wow, now the question is whether or not Danish Girl gets more than... Oh, Danish Girl, I think it's going to get a whole lot. Really? Uh, this is a sci-fi thing. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but, yeah, so that that's going to be our challenge, bots office challenge. All right, so what is it going to be? The Martian or the Danish Girl? Martian. Give me Martian. All right. Can the Martian... Whatever. Uh, Hunger Games, <laughs> Good Dinosaur, Inspector make more in their first three days than Star Wars right. makes in its first three days. So can these combined movies in 12 days make as much as Star Wars makes in three days? Nice. All right. I think it... Good luck. I, say, I forgot about uh, Hunger Games. Dinosaur, Good Dinosaur. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that in terms of its being... Yeah, there hasn't been much for kids. Yeah, I mean, like, if I lose so. this, I, I'm still not going to be embarrassed. I mean, if I can put four you should be big films up, if Star Wars still beats them, it just proves what a juggernaut it is. You should be embarrassed. <laughs> I'll let you be embarrassed. I'll All help right. you be embarrassed on that. <laughs> All right, so there's our show. So that's number 80 in the can, man. Top uh, five films for me, starting at number five and moving forward. My list is all mixed up here, Mr. Two Frames. I happen to lose number five. Oh, Macbeth. Macbeth's my fifth uh, most anticipated film. And then Legend, Keeping Up with the Year of Tom, is my fourth rated film. Star Wars, it dropped all the way down to number three. That kind of surprised me. But I didn't realize how much I was going to be anticipating Black Mass, which is my number two film. And then my number one and most anticipated film, other than Hateful Eight, is The Revenant. Good list. All right. I like it. Not as good as my list, though. At number five for me is Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. Number four is The Walk. Number three, Trumbo. Number two, Knock Knock. And number one is The Martian. And, of <laughs> course, I have Hateful Eight truly at the top. Yeah, well, I have Hateful Eight. Yeah, but... uh, it's funny, though, that you put down the gauntlet as to whether or not your list was better than my list. Yeah. Right. There's no way to prove it. That's a different argument, but if we get any feedback, maybe some of you guys can tell us. So. Whose list do you like better? <laughs> Whose list is better? <laughs> Man list. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm the ultra. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I have a quote for us. All right. Let's see if I can do this from memory. Ooh. Are you going Tomorrow, to tell us the movie this time? You'll know. Oh, okay. This is Macbeth. This is after Lady Macbeth has died. Tomorrow. And I, whoosh, I shouldn't have just spoiled that, huh? I just spoiled that part of the movie. She should have died hereafter. There would have been the time for such a word. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. And all our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. Out, out, brief candle. 
life is but a walking shadow. A poor player that struts and frets its hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It's a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. <laughs> Mr. Two Phrase over there. It's been a pleasure. I'm the L-Tray. Poxet Bonum, everybody. There be dragons. time ago in a galaxy far far away fine (laughs) whatever